All right, back with another edition of our Preps Podcast. This is Kyle Nedenrip, and again, joined by Trevor Andershock and uh, Jeff Shanley of uh, Indiana Basketball Source, and uh, spent some time with these guys on uh, the this past Saturday at the High School Basketball State Finals at Banker's Life Fieldhouse. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that and then kind of dive into the uh, the upcoming Indiana All-Star selections and Mr. Basketball, uh, which will be... Uh, somewhat, somewhat soon here, uh, as, as those, uh, voting, uh, voting closes on that, It'll probably be finalists coming uh, next week. And then, uh, at some point here in the next several days, uh, Mr. Basketball, but, uh, first off guys, just, you know, I know it was a, uh, uh, you know, different type of year, obviously. And, uh, you know, we've talked about that before state finals were different. Uh, we were seated up above this year in the varsity club instead of the, uh, our normal spot behind the benches and uh, hopefully we get to go back to uh behind the benches next year but uh but i thought as far as the day of basketball goes was kind of what kind of what you expected a little bit i think maybe the biggest surprise was how close leo came in the 3a game to beating silver creek uh that was a real tight one down down to the the final seconds there but uh, blackout christian takes care of business in 2a uh, Bar Reeve in 1A, uh, Silver Creek in, in 3A, and Carmel uh, beats Lawrence North. Expected that to be a good game, goes into overtime. Uh, sure turned out to be a good one, good defensive uh, battle, but uh, Carmel gets the win. So I don't know if any of those four teams are necessarily a surprise going into the year. I, I think you could have reasonably picked all four of those uh, teams to win a state championship. Uh what what surprised you? Start with you, Trevor. As far as anything you saw on, on Saturday that really surprised you or or stood out to you, uh, even whether it was on the floor or off the floor. Um, I don't think anything outcome wise surprised me. Like you were saying, uh, it kind of went the way we expected it. But in that four A game, I was surprised that Morris North decided to pick up full court, really try to turn the pressure up on Carmel and. You know, for most of the game, that gave the Greyhounds a lot of trouble. And it's an inter- interesting strategy move by Jack Kiefer and almost paid huge dividends for him uh, as it went into overtime. And obviously, Carmel ended up winning. But that was a fun little strategy move that really stood out to me. And, you know, just the overall, you know, main Mr. Basketball candidates, I know we're going to get into that later, but, you know, Caleb first taking over in the second half making sure that Blackhawk Christian would get that 2A title and then Trey Kaufman Ren kind of doing the same, having a bigger second half, making sure Silver Creek uh, got their 3A title as well. So those were just a few of the things that really stood out to me over that that really long uh, day of state finals this year with the extended break in between each game. So still fun uh, fun day at basketball. I think it was kind of uh, kind of just summed up the the way the season went. You know, some different things happened, but ended up working out pretty well. Yeah, and I think a couple of the surprises for me were obviously, like Trevor mentioned, the pressure that Lawrence North turned up. Carmel had 17 turnovers. I mean, there's weeks where Carmel plays two, three games, and they don't have 17 turnovers in a week. Mm-hmm. You know, they pride themselves on taking care of the basketball and and uh, especially at the start, I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better first two and a half, three minutes than what Wards North got. Um, and then I was kind of uh, surprised by uh, Shamar Avance. He's been kind of the um, engine that's made Lawrence North go all year. I think uh, Carmel did a really good job uh, when he got into the lane, them showing bodies to him and uh, closing off his passing lanes and really deterring him. Uh, from really being aggressive. I thought they met him uh, in the paint several times that uh, maybe teams weren't able to do that in the regular year. And, you know, I uh, still had a, a good game playmaking, but only, I believe, three or five points for Avance, who uh, was averaging 18 coming in. So um, I think Carmel did a, a really good job on him, keeping fresh defenders on him. And, um, and then I, I guess another thing, Thing that surprised me was just the grit of Blake Davison in, in the 3A game. He goes 0 for 10 in the first half shooting. Um, then he comes out and drops 20 in the second half, almost brings Leo all the way back um, to to take out Silver Creek. And, you know, this is the, Leo's a team I've seen several times this year up here in Allen County. And, you know, they're a good team, but if you 
I would have never guessed they would be one point away from being state champions. You know, they, they do have some limitations. And uh, a lot of this run throughout the postseason was just fueled by uh, Blake Davidson simply just being unguardable uh, against a lot of teams. I think he showed that in the second half of the 3A game on Saturday evening. Yeah, it felt like he was just like, uh, I don't care what my shooting percentage is, and uh, we're just going to you know keep attacking. And I thought defensively, too, they did a really nice job uh, defending Trey Kaufman, who you, know, you could tell he got a little bit uh, frustrated, probably forced a couple shots, uh, definitely made his – presence known uh in that game on the defensive end but you know to hold him to 13 points and and and, uh you know pretty uh ordinary shooting numbers uh I thought Leo did a really nice job defensively in that game like you guys touched on uh the other two games the early games um and it wasn't man it felt like a really long day (laughs) and you know I know we always give Jeff uh give Jeff trouble for falling asleep there late in the day but uh uh, but I, I felt like a long day just because of the way it was stretched out. But uh, I thought really the, the the early games went probably as expected. I thought Park Heritage, you know, they're they're a tough defensive team. I think people maybe not had seen them, didn't realize you know how physical they were and how uh, strong they were. Uh, they just didn't have enough scoring uh, to get over the hump in that game against Blackhawk Christian and and uh, Caleb first really took over. Uh, as that game moved along. And then uh, the early game at Couts, you know, they, they probably played as we expected they would, um, you know, struggled to score at times. They're just outside shooting is, is not a, a strength of theirs. And uh, Bar Reeve just has too many weapons, just, just too good all around. And, and Kurt Hoff inside was uh, the difference in that game. But I, I don't think, like I said at the top, I don't think any any huge surprises on who ends up as state champions. That 4A, I thought, could have gone either way, and it's certainly going into it. And then as the game progressed, um, you know, good uh, good tactical matchup, I thought, like Trevor pointed out. Uh, what worked for Lawrence North early in, in the season against Carmel, late in the game anyway, was, was going full court and trying up-tempo game. And uh, they tried that, and it worked to their advantage, uh, pressuring Carmel. So, uh, you know that that was something I think different than than we saw out of them most of the year. But uh, but again, good good games. Good uh, I thought pretty good atmosphere, all things considering. Uh, but guys, really poor shooting on all on pretty much pretty much every game. Yeah, and you look at the percentages of uh, the teams coming in. I think it like these teams weren't the best three point shooting teams coming in. I know. Leo was around 30% as a team. Um, Park Heritage was around 30%. Counts is around 30%. Um, you know, not not great shooting teams coming in. So I guess maybe it was somewhat expected. You know, you didn't really have teams that could light it up from the perimeter, you know, up and down the lineup and for the eight teams. But, man, it seemed like they got wide open shots and were just missing them, which was – uh, kind of surprising. You normally think, you know, if you're at this stage of the season, you got a wide open three, uh, you're going to knock it down. But uh, man, the rims, uh, rims definitely took a beating on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, the longer layoffs had to play a factor in that as well. Uh, we've seen that in college basketball where teams had, you know, COVID breaks, and if they missed a week or two, their shooting numbers really dropped. And I think that had to have played a factor in you know, the shooting numbers that we saw Saturday. Yeah, to I me, agree. to me, I think that was probably the number one factor. You know, a two-week break in basketball is an eternity. And I know you're still shooting and you're still doing, uh, you know, practices and, and, you know, getting together and doing stuff, but it's not it's not games, you know, and that's that's a different, right. different animal. Um, you know, and then the nerves, you know, the nerves of playing in the state finals, I think the – the big arena with with fewer fans uh, certainly, I think, plays a factor. And you know, those teams didn't get a practice there either, like normal. So you know, that I think that has to you know, teams aren't used to playing in a place like the high school teams aren't anyway. So you know, I think all those things and and like uh, Jeff mentioned, those teams, a lot of them weren't uh, excellent three point shooting teams, and you had a lot of teams that were very good defensively. So uh, I think all those factors probably you know, played into it, but uh, but it was not a great a great shooting day. So, um, you know, it, it was a good day, not a great shooting day. Uh, wanted to, wanted to touch on, first of all, kind of, you know, go through Mr. Basketball and maybe how that, you know, talking about uh, the state finals and maybe how that impacts voters. And you, know, you try to, you know, in my mind, probably, 
you know, the people who voted for Luke Brown or, you know, uh, Barnheiser or, you know, other guys who maybe aren't, aren't part of this state finals, uh, maybe you would have already had your vote uh, cast or, you know, uh, somebody not playing. If you were up in the air, um, you know, how do you think Saturday's outcome maybe factors into your decision if if uh, you wanted to wait until this week to decide on a on a Mr. Basketball candidate? Um, I would go, um, especially the way both Caleb First and Trey Coffin ran started their games, you know, you would probably be double thinking the whole process at that point, (laughs) but then then Caleb First has a great second half, um, really powered um, Blackhawk Christian to that victory, and, you know, he re-solidified himself in, in position to get that vote. Um, Trey Kaufman, another guy, he had that slow start against Leo. Not quite as dominant in the second half as Caleb first did or was, um, but he still turned it up a little bit, especially in that third quarter, and helped Silver Creek um, kind of get a cushion where the Leo couldn't come back. So it was interesting. I, I was pretty close myself between Caleb first and Trey Kaufman ran for Mr. Basketball, and uh, to be completely honest, I think uh, their play in the state finals did uh, influence my vote. So I'm sure that happened with uh, many other people as well. Yeah, and it's it's a situation where there's obviously you do place some value on how your your team does. You know, you don't see Mr. Basketball coming from a team that finishes 12 and 10, obviously. Um but I think you also need to look at the bigger picture throughout the course of the year. Um, and, and you need to kind of look past the surface. Um, you know, people think, oh, Blackhawk Christian, a small private school, they don't play great competition being, you know, in 2A. When you look at the strength of the schedule on Sagarin ratings, they played a top, I think, 40 schedule in the state of all classes, um, certainly top 50 in terms of strength of schedule. So um, they're not playing a bunch of these, you know, 1A and 2A schools. You know, they're testing themselves against 4A competition every single week. And so um, you look at that as, as, you know, yeah, they're a smaller school, but they sure don't play a small school schedule. Um, And you look at Silver Creek. I mean, they've been – they've had bullseyes on their back for three years now. And people are giving their best shots – um, at the Dragons every single week. And for, you know, Trey Kaufman and, and you know, I'll throw Cooper Jacobian who had a great game at uh, the state finals, you know, but especially Trey, he's a marked man every single night. For him to put up the numbers he has uh, really speaks to his mental toughness that he knows he's going to see a lot of different things defensively and he's going to, um, people are going to try and take him out of his game every single night. He still comes through. So um, you look at those two and, and those two were the names that we kind of thought at the beginning of the year were going to be the favorites. And obviously, you know, Kyle, you mentioned people like Braxton Barnheiser, who put up ridiculous numbers, Luke Brown, over 3,000 career points. He's been a name for four years now. And um, it's just really, really interesting to see how people weigh that. And I think, uh, like I said at the start here, maybe let's not put so much emphasis on one game. Um, let's kind of try and look at the, the grander picture here of what these guys have done, um, not only this season, but their whole career. Yeah, I think career factors into it too, and, and I, I think you'd be wrong not to at least uh, have some of that factor into your decision. Uh, and when you look at what both, you know, to me the resumes for, especially when you look at Kaufman and and uh, and First are really very close. You know, they both won two state championships. They both, uh, you know, had numbers that were, were very close to each other as far as points and rebounds throughout their career. Um, you know, so a lot of those things, they, they, they're going to the same school. You know, they're the same size pretty much. Uh, different type of games a little bit, but, you know, I, I just it's it's pretty hard to uh, parse between those two. Now, if you're looking for you know somebody else, you know Brooks Barnheiser had a, had a great year. Obviously, they had success too. They they you know it wasn't just a you know a, a, a team that that struggled. It was a team that made it to the regional final and 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 uh, nearly knocked off Carmel. You know, it came within a one point loss uh, in that game. So I think that 
you know, even though they didn't get through there, I think overall Brooks Barnheiser probably, um, you know, helped himself uh, in the tournament. Um, you know, you look at Luke Brown scoring 3,000 points and, you know, his team having success at Blackford, uh, which which at the 2A level they hadn't done uh, ever in uh, class basketball. You know, never had won a regional, uh, hadn't won a sectional title until last year since 1991. Um, so there's a lot of success there that, that uh, came with it with all the numbers that Luke Brown had. So, you know, I think there's a few guys there that, you know, if you're if you're not voting for first or, or Kaufman, uh, you have some good options. You know, I, I think I'm not sure Brian Waddell is a Mr. Basketball necessarily, but uh, definitely uh, I think probably will get some votes based on what he did uh, in, in his game in 4A. Uh, 20 point or 20. Yeah, 20 points, 10 rebounds. And, uh, you know, led that team in scoring, won a, a, a state championship. So, you know, you've got some some guys with really good resumes there, and we'll get into Indian All-Stars here in a bit. But, you know, I think it's going to be a pretty – you know, I, I always try to probably gauge it off what I think the voters will do sometimes more than what uh, – you know, maybe more than what I think. But, you know, I think you have, you know, different geography in the, in the state that's interesting this year. You know, it's kind of all spread out. And, we'll, again, we'll touch on that with Indian All-Stars. But – um, you know, Trick Kaufman from Southern Indiana, but he's going to Purdue. You know, you wonder will that, you know, will, will if he's going to IU, maybe would that help his chances more than it would going to Purdue? Uh, first being in Fort Wayne, will he carry the vote uh, for a lot of that area, or will maybe Luke, Luke Goody get a few from uh, Homestead? Uh, so it's interesting to kind of try to figure out, you know, what what voters will do. Um, and, and like Jeff mentioned, I, I don't think you know you should base it off one game. I think people do that sometimes. Maybe maybe this year was a chance to to break a tie if it was tied in your mind, and and I think first would probably uh, benefit from that. So you know, I'm really curious. I this is an interesting year. I think you could make a case for for a few different guys. Um, you know, and, and a lot of them had team success. You know, and and even winning state championships. So. Uh, one of the more interesting races, I think, um, you know, in the last in the last few years. I thought last year was probably once the season ended abruptly, uh, we never got to see that Tony Perkins Anthony Leal matchup happen, and so I figured Anthony Leal with an undefeated team uh, probably had the upper hand, and he did. Um, you know, and then going back, you know, it, it's been I think pretty clear. Trace Jackson Davis had the upper hand, and Romeo Lankford the year before that. Uh, this year, I'm not I'm not fully sure who it is. Yeah, especially like you're saying, this year it didn't feature you know a four A guy that was challenging for the state title. So I think that really opens things up, and we've talked about that all year. I mean, you got first at a small two A private school, and then Kaufman ran at a you know three A public school. Those things kind of play you know politics in the vote, and this year you don't really have that guy to fall back on, where he's just a a public school four A. Uh, candidates. So, like you're saying, a lot of interesting factors went into it this year, and um, especially when you're breaking down the careers of First and Kaufman Red, they mirrored each other so much. It really is tough to differentiate those two uh, between each other. So, I'm really interested to see how everybody else voted. Yeah, and I think, and I've brought this up to to you guys in the past. I know. And- one thing that I would I would like to see, I guess, Mr. Basketball voting go to is at the end of the regular season, they cut it down to like five finalists. So you still give options, but it, it allows voters to kind of focus a little bit more on on what those kids um, do in the postseason and, and kind of use that to because I think by the end of the regular season, I don't think there's somebody who's going to come up from outside of the top five, I guess you would say, and, and, and win the vote. Um, that's, I just think that would maybe help voters focus and be able to research a little bit more um, on the finalists. But I know probably something that's not going to happen is, as most of my ideas go. <laughs> so um, that's just something I would like to see. Um, but, you know, we've talked about this class since they were freshmen. You know, every you know, I remember years ago I was saying, man, this 2021 class is going to be really deep. It's going to be really good. And here they are at the end of the careers. And uh, the class as a whole uh, from, you know, Lake Michigan down to the Ohio River and east to west, they've certainly lived up to the hype and, and then some. 
Yeah, it's been a really good class. They uh, uh, followed through, I think, on uh, what what that class, the depth and the, the and the guys at the top. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll know here uh, before too long and and have a better idea. But uh, I, I agree. I think it's really uh, more interesting this year than it's been uh, in the past. So. Uh, now let's, let's kind of dive into the uh, the Indian All Star uh, process, and you know that will uh, you know they have the top sixty workout on Sunday at Marion University, uh, top sixty senior workout, and some of the guys that we mentioned won't be playing in that uh, for for miscellaneous reasons. Um, you, you won't have uh, Kaufman and, and uh, I forget the list now all offhand, but uh, Kaufman and First I know are, are taking it off um, and a few others. So, but you have other guys who who will will be in the mix for it. Um, and we've seen in the past that this, if you know, I don't think it's totally based on uh, going in and having a great workout and you make the team out of nowhere. But you know, there has been times where it's it's definitely either helped you or hurt you. Um, probably more on the side of, of really being able to help you. Uh, I think, especially if you're maybe from Southern Indiana or uh, Northern Indiana, maybe a team that didn't make it uh, very far in the tournament or whatever the case may be. Uh, Eugene German a few years ago, uh, almost, I think solely made it. Uh, it, it probably wasn't thought very highly of, or just wasn't known very much known about uh, going into that uh, top 60 workout and, and uh, impressed everybody and, and rightly so made the team and, and played well for the Indian All-Star. So that was a case I can remember. I uh, think it was uh, 2018, maybe, um, that he made that team. And, and uh, so we've seen that happen. But uh, I think that Mike Broughton, the Indian All-Star director, goes into this with a pretty good idea. We'll probably lean on uh, Ryan Osborne a little bit to see uh, what he thinks about the roster, but, uh, you know, it, it'll start, it's already starting to take shape. And some of the guys we mentioned, uh, will be on the team, no doubt. Uh, guys like, um, uh, Trey Coffin, Wren, uh, Caleb first, Luke Brown, I think three, no doubters. There'll be 13 guys, um, named to this team at the end of it. Um, you know, beyond those three, we mentioned guys who, who would be, yeah, I think Brooks Barnheiser, I think you, you make a lock at this point. Uh, there's four, uh, who else, Trevor and Jeff? Who else do you have is is probably locks in your mind to be on this? And, and to, to be honest, the it adds up to thirteen really quickly as I as I go through this. But uh, who do you guys have as locks as of right now? Yeah, I had. Uh, I would, go ahead, Trevor. Go ahead. All right, um, I definitely throw Luke Brown in as a lock. Um, Blake Wesley from South Bend Riley. I think he has to be a lock going to Notre Dame. And staying up there, J.R. Kinesny at St. Joe of, of South Bend. I think all of those guys are locks for me. Uh, who do you have, Jeff? Yeah, I had. I, I came up with a list of uh, 35 kids that you can make cases for, some better than others. I had six locks. Uh, first, Kaufman Wren, Luke Brown, Luke Goody, uh, undefeated regular season at Homestead up here in Fort Wayne, number one in 4A most of the year. Um, and then Barnheiser and Besley. And then I had uh, five other kids that I think were probable picks. Um, J.R. Kinesny, obviously, South Bend St. Joe getting to semi-state in 3A. He averaged 30 a game. Um, I had Cooper Jacoby on there. You know, he put up uh, numbers that rivaled Trey Kaufman, ran at Silver Creek, and he had some monster games when Trey was out at the start of the year with his injury. Um, staying in Southern Indiana, I had L.T. Hatton. You know, North Harrison came very, very close to knocking off uh, Silver Creek in the state tournament. They did beat them in the regular season, and he also gives them size. Um, there's not a ton of pure size in this class outside of First and Wren, um, so LT could be a, a kind of a third big there. And then I had two Butler commits, Pierce Thomas and uh, Jaden Taylor from the Indy area. Uh, you look at Pierce, obviously, has been a name for so long. And then Jaden, you know... Park Tudor maybe hasn't had the team success, but it's not because of what Jaden's done. I mean, he had um, really going into this season just a phenomenal year and I think played played himself onto uh, the Indiana All-Star team just with his consistency and, like I said, just a, a phenomenal senior season uh, for him at Perry. Yeah, and Perry... Yeah, for uh, clarity, he was at uh, Perry Meridian. You said Park Tudor there, Shark. Oh, my bad. Perry Meridian, I'm sorry. Come on, get it straight. 
know. <laughs> no, Jaden Taylor had. I did. I was doing our super team the last uh, couple days, and uh, it is it is very impressive the numbers he had. I ended up putting him on our first team, uh, first team super team, um, and he. You know, they they Perry Meridian didn't have a. Uh, winning record in the last six years and they did this year and and i saw him i think three times in person and uh came away really impressed uh, with the progress he had made uh there at perry so uh yeah i i think he's on i i agree pierce thomas i think he's he's in there um you know they didn't probably have the team success at uh, 13 and 9 this year but when you look at the uh his whole career and put up really good his shooting was better this year uh, than it has been. His overall scoring numbers went up, and, and uh, we all know, you know, what kind of a highlight reel uh, he can put together. Uh, you brought up, uh, and, and I think uh, when I about stopped you when you brought up Cooper Jacoby, Jeff. Um, he's a really interesting case. I think, I think if you look at it, I think to me he's a lock too. Uh, but you wonder, you know, sometimes when you have two guys from the same team, especially in a in a year like this, uh, you wonder if maybe that hurts Cooper Jacoby, but. You know, it's man, it's such a you know such a uh, dynamic duo between Kaufman and, and Jacoby, and then you throw Brandon Northern in there, who's not a senior. But uh, between those two, man, it's uh, you, you can't almost can't have one without the other. And I, I think it would be uh, you know not a complete team if he's not on it, especially the way he played this year. Man, he was so good all year, yeah. uh, so good for and them having, in the tournament. Having eighteen and sixteen, I believe eighteen and seventeen in the state championship game. I mean. Leo's defense was designed to to take away Trey Kaufman Wren, and that's kind of a, in my opinion, a pick your poison uh, situation there because Cooper has shown uh, since his freshman year that he's very capable of of being a number one option on you know almost any other team in the state, and uh, I think the state championship, you know, going back to what I said about Mr. Basketball, maybe we shouldn't take one game so seriously, but. If anybody did anything to to help them on Saturday, I think Cooper Jacoby has as much of an argument for that as anybody. Yeah, I agree. Um, but then I, I come to this too, and I've got three guys here that I I think you know have to be on there in uh, Brian Waddell, who I think uh, you know played his way on you know throughout the whole season he had and, and just everything he did for that team and. I know he missed, I think, four or five games with that uh, ankle injury, but came back as strong as ever. And, you know, Ryan Osborne will be coaching this team, so I think that will only help him uh, as well. Uh, so you got him. You got Shamar Avance, who, you know, you mentioned him at the at the beginning, Jeff. Didn't have a great uh, state championship game, but, you know, they were 53-5 and five over two years, and uh, Shamar was at the – a lot of those 53 man he was the he was a big reason why they won a lot of those especially the bigger games uh seemed to play his best in those big games uh led them in scoring and assists this year uh, you know scored over 1100 points for his career uh and then uh, Jalen Blackman too from uh, Marion who you know came on strong at the end of his senior year missed a, a good chunk of his junior year uh with that ACL injury but then came back and and had a had a really strong senior year um, you know, and ends up uh, setting the Marion, you know, all-time scoring record. And, you know, they went out early in the sectional, which which that could hurt his chances some. But they also lost to uh, to Barnheiser and Lafayette Jeff, and Blackman had over Blackman, 50 points. Blackman so. had 55 in that game, so it wasn't because – they didn't lose because of what Jalen did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, and to me, you know, if you leave any of those three guys off, you know, I, I – there would be a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, – upset people i think from from many of those places so that kind of speaks to how hard this is but you know i think we mentioned uh you know six seven eight nine ten eleven guys and then i add those three so there's 14 uh right there already so that that shows you a little bit how hard it is but you know of those three guys i mentioned what what do you guys think about about those three and in in their possibilities I'm right there with you. I I probably would put even Jalen Blackman in the lock category with the career he had, um, especially the way he ended it. Um, I love Jalen Blackman's game, and you know we're talking about a career type of award if we're going to call it that. But I think his career stacks up with pretty much anybody in the state. So I would definitely put Jalen Blackman on the the roster. Um, 
same with Shamari Vance. Like you were saying, the last two years he's been great for Lawrence North, and really, really tough to keep him off the team at this point. Uh, who is the third guy? Uh, Brian Waddell. What? Waddell. Oh, Waddell. Yeah. Uh, just we're we'll probably be talking more about just this season and postseason for Waddell, but the way he carried Carmel in a lot of those postseason games. Uh, I think he really showed that he was also uh, a deserving candidate for it. So, like you said, it's really tough to keep any of these guys off, and we'd probably have another 10 guys that are right in the same category, but uh, definitely hard to keep any of those three off right now. Yeah, I, yeah and I had, I had eight guys on kind of like my on-the-fence grouping, and those three were in there. Um, I also had Jake Heidbreder, Kurt Hope, Owen Deese, Blake Sisley, and Gus Etcheson kind of in that group that you can make some serious arguments for. But I think, uh, like you guys said, those three are probably the top of that group. And um, Kyle, you know I've been a big Shamar Avance fan um, the last couple of years, just watching him. He's so fun. And, you know, we've said at times, you know, maybe it's not always um, consistent greatness from him, but you know no matter who you play, if you got the ball in Shamar Avance's hands, you've got a chance. And um, – and really, you know, again, kind of going back to the one game thing, he didn't have the great his best game in the state finals, and I hope that doesn't overshadow um, in people's minds and their perceptions just the year he had because, you know, Lawrence North, you know, C.J. Gunn was good, but this was his first year kind of in a main role. Um, D.J. Hughes had really big games and then had some quiet games, but Shamar was there um, every single game. You said 53-5 and five over two years, and – and they're doing it in the MIC, in sectional 10. You know, I mean, they are, they've come out of those um, the last couple of years, and, and he's been a big reason why. Um, I think, you know, Trevor, like you mentioned, Brian Weddell kind of playing his way onto the team. You know, even at the end of the regular season, you knew he was good, but eh, maybe not an Indiana All-Star, you know, probably just, just on the outside looking in. But the way he's played the last few weeks, um, I think you're probably going to give him a nod and then, um, maybe the lack of team success could hurt Jalen Blackman. Uh, they didn't get to play on a lot of big stages, but you look at the raw numbers, and we talked about Luke Brown scoring 3,000 points. If Jalen Blackman's not hurt for a good portion of his career, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he doesn't get to 3,000 either. If he's completely healthy all four years, there's a good shot he's um, probably in the top five in career scoring in the state of Indiana and, and maybe pushing that 3,000-point mark. Absolutely. And he, uh, him and Brown were kind of on the same track a little bit, you know, as before that injury happened. So, you know, I thought that was going to be a fun race, you know, to, to see which one, you know, could maybe make a run at Bailey. And, uh, you know, ended up being where, you know, the injury hurt Blackman, obviously. But, um, you know, and then Brown missed some games in his freshman year because uh, of injury and then the pandemic you know probably cost him you know the, just a little that shows you how hard it is to to break uh, the record too is you have to pretty much play every game and uh and perform in every game or or you know it's, it's just not going to happen and and that kind of happened for brown i mean if he he wasn't that far away really you know 130 some points and you know he had a chance to get there so that's not a whole lot that's four games for him yeah so it's not it's not a lot of games that's four games for him yeah, so could have what could have could have been, but uh, same for Blackman too. I mean, you know, he, he obviously he's uh, he's so. Yeah, I agree with Trevor, man. He's I love watching him play uh, in person, and I think he'll go on and have a good career at Grand Canyon uh, when he gets out there. But man, he's he's some kind of player. Um, so I, I actually when I did this uh, back in in uh, uh, January, I had him in as well. Uh, late January, I had him as as basically a lock along with Barnheiser and. Goody, Thomas, uh, Wesley in, in that group. So, and then Avance, I thought was was had played his way uh, pretty close to getting in. I think he's in. Uh, in my, I, it, I think it'd just be you know not having a Lawrence North player on there would just be wrong after these last uh, couple years uh, that they've had. So it, it's going to be hard. The, the, and you mentioned a few guys there, uh, uh, Jeff, and I had a couple others. Uh, Kumari Peterson for uh, Gary Westside to me. I would love to see him on this team. I think he's he's a really good player. Uh, another guy that I enjoy watching. I think he's been a, he was a big reason that Westside team had success that they did. 
uh, would give you another really strong guard uh, on that team. But, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't know what his uh, opportunities will be uh, to make this team, but uh, he's another one when I put together a list of like 15, uh, I had him right on that, uh, on that edge of, of, uh, you know, 14, 15. And, you know, if things go right, maybe he could be on there, but he's a guy, I think in most years he's on this team. Yeah, yeah, you can say that for a lot of guys that I put, you know, in my unlikely category, they would have a tough time. Any other year, I mean, there's kids that are borderline locks in that group. It just shows, uh, again, like we've talked about, just the overall depth of this class um, and, and just the ridiculous amount of talent we've had in the past few years to watch with this group in, in Indiana. If uh, Peterson's Westside group beats Carmel in that semi-state game, then that might have pushed Peterson over, like picking Waddell. Probably you, you get that bigger stage, get your name out there more. Um, might pick you up some extra votes. I think that Peterson really needed to get to that state final stage to have a good chance. Another guy up in Northwest Indiana uh, that I really like and think has a good chance of making is Chris Mantis out yeah. of Bowl. Uh, talking about team success, Walt didn't have. Uh, a great season, only 13 to 10, but I mean, Mantis pushed uh, the Red Devils to most of those wins. Uh, had a great senior year, great career, so really would like to see him uh, on the team. Well, and he, Mantis is a guy, he, he's going to be at the top 60, uh, and so is Peterson. So, you know, maybe a chance for them to uh, impress impress the coaches watching and, and, uh, and guys who are maybe on the edge. Uh, maybe they outplay somebody, you know, and, and play their way in. So that's an opportunity anyway. And it's a, it's a chance to, uh, you know, you might as well give it a shot, you know, and, and uh, take part in that. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see how they perform there. Um, you know, you mentioned, uh, Jeff, did you have any others on that, on your bubble list there? Um, I had people like Jake Hydebreder at Floyd Central down uh, southern Indiana. Uh, he's been a really good player for the Highlanders. Kurt Hope, obviously. Um, went to the state finals as a freshman with Forest Park, then comes back again with Bar Reeve. Owen Deese down in Evansville. Uh, Blake Sisley at Heritage Hills. Gosh, uh, if we don't have the pandemic last year, I mean, they're looking at a possible 3A state title uh, with the Patriots last year. Uh, and then Gus Atchison, obviously, you talk about highlight reels. Yeah. Uh, man, Hamilton Heights, uh, they were fun to watch. Uh, when Gus had the ball in his hands, because you never quite knew uh, what was going to happen, if he was going to try and dunk on three people or pull from 30 feet. Um, he was a really entertaining player to watch. So, um, like you said, any other years, I mean, Gus is a lock, Blake Sisley's a lock. Just with the depth of this class, you got to make these hard decisions. Yeah, Gus was one, too. I meant to mention him. I mean, he's he's uh, you're going to get your $5 worth <laughs> anytime you watch him. I think what hurt it probably hurts him is they didn't win the sectional, you know, and they had a chance uh, this year. Newcastle beat them by two. Uh, they had a heartbreaker last year losing to Delta in the sectional championship, lost by one. So a couple of really heartbreaking games uh, doesn't quite get Hamilton Heights into the, the next round, and I think – in a, in a year where you're kind of looking for reasons to, you know, cross a guy off or put this guy over the other one, you know, that could, that could hurt you. Uh, Vincent Brady was another one from Cathedral who, you know, when you go back and look at his numbers, man, he had a, had a great year uh, for Cathedral. But again, Cathedral 18 and three, they're ranked so high all season, but they don't get through and they lose uh, in the sectional. Uh, so that, that, you know, could, could hurt Brady, but man, you know, I, he, last nine games of the year was averaging 22 points a game and shot 60% from the field. I you know, was looking at that today uh, or yesterday. So, I mean, that just a great season uh, that he had. But, uh, you know, probably was kind of swimming upstream trying to get into the mix to begin with. Uh, so it'll be tough for a guy like that as well. But, uh, again, that goes to show. And then the city player of the year was Isaiah Stafford for uh, Christmas Addicts. Uh, headed to uh, Southern Indiana, probably again didn't have the the tournament success that he needed uh, to get himself over the top. And then I had Ian Scott on a list of guys too that uh, for Plainfield, you know they they finally break through, win the sectional. Uh, he has a great year, sixteen uh, plus points and almost ten rebounds a game. And uh, you know had had that Quakers team, you know, right head to head with uh, Lawrence North in the, in the regional final. So. You know, like I said, a lot of guys, a lot of, a lot of really good players, a lot of guys who are on our super team, 
um, you know, that, that probably, you know, in, in most years, like you said, maybe even last year uh, would have had a better chance to make it, uh, but probably not quite enough this year. So uh, it'll be, you know, and there's always a surprise or two. I, I think, I think last year there was none I was really surprised by. That may be in the first time ever. Uh, but uh, And there wasn't a long list of snubs last year where you're not going to have a hard time, <laughs> you know, do the kind of a snub list or guys who should have made it. Uh, I could probably start writing that right now because it's just uh, it's going to be real easy to put together that list this year. Yeah, and you I look at it. I, I think Shark's list is going to be about 40 deep after uh, this podcast. <laughs> yeah, and, you know <laughs> – we talk about people like Joey Bamba, who had a fantastic senior year. I'm going to go back up to the region. I know Trevor will appreciate this. Harold Woods at Hammond, who was the number one team in 3A all year. It's kind of frustrating the injuries of Reggie Abram in the regional uh, that, uh, you know, their probably second best player is unable to play. They take South Bend St. Joe to overtime, but just don't have quite enough uh, without Reggie. But Harold Woods had a phenomenal year for Hammond. Um yeah, you look at you look at some other players like Kyle. You mentioned Brady, Kamari Peterson, um, and I'll throw this name out there just because of uh, it's rare to see a kid single handedly win uh, sectionals and regionals. But I think Colson Montgomery at Southridge, yeah, um, single handedly willed that team to semi state. Uh, just the the numbers he put up in the postseason this year were just unfathomable and. Um, if anybody went out with all guns blazing at the end of their career, it was Colson Montgomery because the show he put on uh, in Southern Indiana in the 2A uh, tournament was uh, something to be behold. Yeah, I meant to mention him as well. Colson Montgomery is definitely uh, deserving. He's actually part of the top 60 uh, workout, so that'll be that'll be interesting too to see how he does. He's a baseball guy. He's probably a top, you know, first second round draft pick. <laughs> so. Uh, that shows what kind of an athlete he is, man. Just incredible athlete, and uh, just put that team on his back and, and took them through the tournament. So, uh, yeah, he's 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 a name that I, I probably should have had on when I did that list in January. But you know, you're kind of thinking about him as a baseball player, not necessarily basketball. But man, did a did a great job uh, leading that team and and very deserving of being uh, in the mix at least. So. Uh, like I said, we could go down another list of ten, but that's that's uh, it's going to be hard. I mean, it's going to be really hard to uh, to come up with that list of thirteen, and and uh, probably harder than than most years I can remember. So, uh, two thousand twelve was a year that that obviously was very deep. That I think this class is 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 pretty pretty close to that. So, um, you know, as you guys look at this uh, upcoming you know twenty twenty two class and and maybe what it looks like now. Uh, before we hear about the transfers and, and things like that, the transfer portal does not exist in high school basketball, right? I mean, uh, not, not officially, not officially. anyway. <laughs> not officially, but trust me, it is alive and well. <laughs> the uh, wheels are turning and churning and, and uh, uh, already hearing some things. Some things, it's always funny because you, you hear rumors and I think half the things I've heard over the years never come to fruition, but it's always fun to hear the rumors at least and, and know things are happening behind the scenes. But as you look at it now, I mean, it, who do you guys think? Any of these teams that we saw win state championships uh, have a chance to do it again next year, in your guys' opinion? Well, I think you got to start with Carmel and 4A. Uh, they'll just reload. I mean, you lose Connor Joy and Brian Waddell, but it looked like Sam Orm's ready to step into Waddell's role. And I'm sure they have another point guard or two that will – might not be right up to Joy's level as he played really well uh, the last couple of years, but you would think Carmel's going to just reload and have a good chance of being right in that 4A mix once again next year. Yeah, you look at, obviously, I think Sam Orm might be the best college prospect of anybody on that Carmel team, somebody who looks like they can get to six. Six nine or so. He still looks very young. He's already about six 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 seven. Unbelievable shooter and uh, didn't play a ton in the state championship game, but um, that was because Waddell played so well. But he had a massive three in overtime of the semi state game at Lafayette. Jeff, they were up by one, and Westside was really 
uh, pressuring them and bothering them, and the ball gets to Orm in the corner, and he buries the three. They kind of let Carmel exhale a little bit. So, like Trevor said, he's going to step right into that Waddell role, not as dynamic of an athlete, but probably a better shooter uh, than Waddell does. And, and you know, they get Pete Suter and Charlie Williams back, Josh Wack back as their defender. Um, you know they're going to find somebody to take care of the ball, and you know Ryan Osborne's going to demand that of his kids. So um, I think, like Trevor said, they're probably a pick to, you know, at least start the year as number one in uh, 4A next year. Yeah, I, w- I would pencil them in as well. Um, you know, knowing who they have coming back, and and uh, you know that that's that's going to be a really uh, good defensive team again. I think, and Pete Suter with you know, he's a guy who just is gotten better offensively. He didn't have a great uh, shooting. Well, he didn't really shoot that much in the state championship game, but didn't have big scoring numbers. But uh, usually uh, fills out every statistical category. Just plays so hard. Uh, you know, does a great job for that Carmel team. If you got him on your team, I think you got a chance, and he has some good pieces around him uh, coming back as well. Uh, you know, I was looking at the top sixty workout as well. It's just uh, a couple other guys. I'm, I'd be curious to see how they do. Is uh, Jaden Brewer? You know, we didn't mention him as a Indian All Star candidate. Uh, missed a chunk of the season uh, with all that going on with the IHSA keeping him out. Uh, did did come back and have a good finish to his uh, his season, and you know, got that team into the uh, into the uh, regional, uh, but uh, I'm curious. He, he's always kind of a highlight reel type of player. He could look pretty good in a uh, in a workout like that. And Greg Jenkins of Lawrence Central, again, you know, could could come out and have a good a good showing. I think um, in the top 60. But you know, guys who probably uh, you know probably on the outside looking in. Uh, Trey Flat, Covenant Christian, had a great year. He'll he'll be part of that as well. So a lot of a lot of really good names on this list here. So. Uh, Will be fun to see how they perform on uh, Sunday at Marion. Uh, guys, anything else? Uh, anything that we didn't touch on that uh, you know, just kind of wrapping up the twenty twenty one season and, and looking ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. If you got anything, I just think there's there's a lot of unknowns coming into next year because you're going to see a lot of turnover um, at the top. Uh, of, of each class, you know, Blackhawk Christian loses so much. Um, Silver Creek loses Jacoby and, and Kaufman. Um, Lawrence North, Avance and Hughes, and it'll be interesting to see how they, and Donovan McCauley's come up big for, in moments for them. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be interesting to see. I think, you know, a lot of the really good teams lose a lot. You know, Bar Reeve um, loses Bryson Graber and, and Kurt Hope and, and you know, they're going to be back. Obviously, Hagen Nepp had a really good state finals, and he's going to be their main gun next year. But I just think there's so much uncertainty coming into next year with how how many of guys are graduating from the best teams. Yeah, and to kind of piggyback on that, uh, player-wise, the 22 class isn't quite as deep as the 21, so we don't really have a lot of those stars coming back either. Obviously, Jalen Washington up at Westside is a top 25 type of recruit, but overall, we don't have those those big-time players that we've known for a long time, like a Caleb First or Trey Toffin Wren, Luke Brown, and those guys. So it'll be interesting to see if anybody kind of gets into that tier with Jalen Washington next year. Uh, you know, a Leland Walker, Braden Smith, Teddy uh, mm-hmm. Sean Comer, those types. If they elevate their game and get up to that top tier, or if even a younger guy steps up like a Jalen Hood. So that's uh, one thing I'll be looking forward to next season. Or Fletcher yeah. Lawyer up and at I, a Homestead. Yeah, I was going to yeah. mention him. And it seems like a lot of the 22 class um, maybe isn't as consistent as we want them to be. You know, they all show flashes. Uh, of being good and, and talented and, and being able to do a lot of good things, but maybe the consistency isn't there like it has been with uh, the 21 class. So that's what I think I'm kind of anxious to look forward to is who who makes the leap next year and going from somebody who, you know, shows flash to somebody who consistently does it on a night-in, night-out basis. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of going to be the interesting point because it's not like we're lacking talent in the 22 class. There's a lot of really good players in there. Um, they might just just might not have been as consistent as we've hoped for them to be. So, 
uh, I think that's something that I'm looking forward to for next year. Well, I'm really curious to see too, CJ Gunn, you know, without, you know, the supporting cast around anymore, uh, really any of the starters and guys who played on that team, you know, what that looks like for him next year. And I think it can be a good thing for him for sure. Uh, but everybody's going to be gearing to stop you, uh, next year. So I think that'll be really fun. It'll be a good chance for him. I, I think to, uh, to see what he's got, you know, and I think he's got it in him to have a really good senior season. Uh, and in, you mentioned inconsistency, and I agree. I think uh, a lot of those uh, players in that class, you know, Tay Davis at Warren Central, you know, he's a guy who he can look look really, really good, which he did in the sectional. And then uh, there's been games where, you know, he's foul trouble and he's kind of takes himself out of the game somewhat. So, uh, I, but I think he's got a super bright future ahead of him. So, you know, a lot of those guys who uh, – you know, Braden Smith, you mentioned him, Trevor. I think he's he's maybe been maybe the most consistent uh, offensively anyway. He had a great, uh, you know, efficiency uh, type of a year this year. And uh, I know they're frustrated by, you know, running into Carmel all the time in the sectional. But uh, such an exciting player. You know, I, he'll be fun to watch. Leland Walker uh, is in that exciting category uh, as well for sure. So a lot to look forward to. Uh, but I would agree, maybe not over, overall depth and consistency of that 2021 class, and maybe some guys we don't know about uh, will emerge uh, from that group as well. So a lot to look forward to and have a chance to see some of these guys play uh, throughout the uh, spring and summer. And we do have a spring and summer uh, season this year, so that'll be uh, you know something to look forward to as well. But uh, appreciate you guys having coming on the uh, podcast again and. Uh, talking basketball was good to see at the uh, state finals and uh you know hopefully we can do this again uh before uh it gets too deep into into the uh, spring and summer yeah we're going heavy with uh travel basketball this uh weekend plus the top 60 so there's no break for us uh kyle well speak for yourself i'm i'm taking I, i'll see you at the top 60 but i'll i i am gonna right, I, I am gonna take a little bit of a break so uh, but always good to have you guys on and chop it up. Definitely, All right, we'll see you guys. Thanks for coming on.